Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello again, this is Sue Rose Minahan, host and founder of Talk Cosmos, where we have insightful conversations awakening your consciousness. Today is April 2nd, just past April Fool's Day, and it's spring. It's springing, it's springing, and it's going to whole new dimensions. And we're talking specifically about eclipses. In fact, all month I'll be really noticing that because we're in the season and they're Powerful, always powerful, but hey, right now is the time, and they are powerful. If I can have the slides, uh, Nathan? Okay, there we are, and I'll just begin on before. with, we have a solar eclipse. That is when the new moon is 12 degrees with the nodes, and we have a lunar eclipse, always two weeks later, and that's 18 degrees within the nodes. So just to say that April 20th and May 5th are the two events coming up. We're feeling it just sent, you know, it's actually happening maybe before two weeks. Who could say? It's how you feel it. And you'll know more after this talk today. But these happen to be the last two eclipses for the current nodal cycle, which is 18 months, but they happen to be at four degrees. And the nodes will be changing at 18. And that has some significance. So we are now, I think, ready. Oh, and well, I will add that the, nope, I won't add anything. We're time now for Planet Buzz. Focusing on planetary ecliptic orbital cycles and planetary pairs called synodic cycles connecting the planets at the same degree that begin our relationship, these are the members of Planet Buzz. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, the founder of Talk Cosmos, an electric evolutionary astrologer, consultant, certified color energy life coach, vice president of the Washington State Astrological Association, member of Kepler Astrology Toastmaster Club, of a Dwarf Planet University diploma and AA with music degree. I love mythology, philosophizing, collaboration. I'm an artist, writer, a perpetual student of life. And I'm Dr. Laura Tutt. I work as a spiritually oriented psychological astrologer with students and clients around the world. As a counselor, writer, and educator, I love helping people recognize their inner strength, take advantage of auspicious moments, and navigate times of challenge with greater ease. On my own podcast, Mythic Sky Storytime, I discuss astrology, mythology, and actualizing our full potential. Holding a PhD in human science, my doctoral thesis titled Guided by Celestial Light in a World of Artificial Illumination explores the lived experience of contemporary Western astrologers. In addition to my astrological work, I have a course in personal mythology that explores the stories we carry from our ancestors and the impact those narratives have on our lives. And as the ancient hermetic code reveals, as below, so above, as above, so below. Yes, indeed. But just like our little screens, we have one more person in the above. If I could get the slides again, uh, Nathan. And we have a guest. and It is Nicholas Polimnakos. And he is 
an astrology magic born from a deep rebellious fire. And he offers 20 years of professional experience in astrology readings and consultations. No right, wrong, just questions or judgment. Because Nicholas creates a comfortable, secure space where clients' evolution, working together, is the goal to transcend limitations. Nicholas Polomenakos is a coach, speaker, writer, humorist. I love that part too. And catalyst, very important. He shares on his website and YouTube station channel, Sparkles of Gold, astrological views and related multimedia about current transits and forecasts, book reviews, and tangible thoughts on the occult. And as I mentioned, his YouTube channel is Sparkles of Gold Astrology. There's a link later. And in this little, for those podcasts, you'll have to go to Talk Cosmos or remember. But for YouTube people, everything is going to be visible here on the screen. Nicholas also assisted converting the Northwest Astrological Conference, known as NORWAC, coming up on Memorial Day this week again, a month ago, Memorial later in June, May. Boy. At any rate, and it was during COVID. So he helped shift that, which is to online, which is now virtual and simulcast. I'm ad-libbing here, so thank you. Nicholas is passionate about supporting independent bookstores, local art and music, and avid supporter of libraries, especially the Seattle Public Library. And Nicholas worked at the bookstores at astrological conferences for over a decade. So his... Website is Sparkles of Gold. Thank you, Nicholas. It is great to have you. And hi, Laura. We're all together now again. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show again, Sue. <laughs> oh, it's a treat. It's always dynamic. And I know, and I welcome the fact that both of you really work creatively, spontaneously, like a jazz band. You know, you have in your heads knowledge it's like okay what tune are we playing well we're playing the eclipses and th that's going to be a strong topic so i know you're always waiting here but let's go back to the <laughs> go ahead and talk if you like but we need the yes thank you nathan okay so here we are the two eclipses shall i continue it just sure, or... yeah, um, okay well... Just mm -hmm. uh, one thing I'll say for the listeners and people viewing, I think it's interesting when we deal with a solar or lunar eclipse, because if you know nothing about astrology or even astronomy and stuff, and let's say you were to look at the sky and you were actually be able to see a lunar eclipse or fortunate enough to see a total solar eclipse, like recently in the United States several years ago, I it, it I think it hits someone, it hits people on an organic level because it's somewhat tangible. And if you're lucky to see something like that, even though there's effects, whether you see it or not, but if you actually see it, I think it affects everybody. And it, it, it puts one in a situation where they kind of stand out of their bubble they kind of realize the bigger picture and the actual nature of things. So if you don't know anything about astronomy or astrology, I think that it it is uh, something that's understandable and tangible for every single person. So, And it doesn't have to be scary, by the way. That's right. There <laughs> is that fear. I remember years ago, the world doesn't end. Not the way we 
physically. Laura, did you have a comment? Or well, yeah, I'll jump on. Jump off of what Nicholas was saying, that there is that period. Remember, this was years ago because I was still living in Oakland and I think there was a partial eclipse visible in California. And I remember just, I mean, I'm in the middle of Oakland and it is quiet. Just like everything, like there was just something, all the animals, everything just quieted. There was just a hush that was happening, even though it was partial, but you could see the, I remember seeing the shadows of it that you can see when there's a partial solar eclipse and just how quiet the world got. So again, like you don't need to know anything about astrology or even that it's happening. And yet there is this organic thing that's happening collectively to every being, even human and animal that's experiencing this shift, this thinning of the veil is what I often think of as eclipses. Yeah. It's visceral. It's actually, yeah. Yeah. Visceral. It's so true. Whether even if one's hiding in one's house, the light changes, but on the last one, 2017, that quiet, that stillness and that unity within the people was, I agree, remarkable. And another one will be coming up, I think, next year, 2024, in the United States. So it's quite exciting. They are attached for the astronomy of it because astrology is very much akin to astronomy. There are these cycles. They're called sorrow cycles. And it won't get complex here, but this is the number. It's 129 to solar cycle because they also have the lunar of it and this particular one as long as 80 instead of 72 uh, sessions or, or eclipses and we're right kind of a little past the halfway point and it started in 1103 which was right about when the crusade started which is interesting and it won't end for quite a while, <laughs> 2,500. So this eclipse, though, on our terms is like, okay, where can you see it? We And as, which is a good thing, Nicholas, that you brought it up, because really most people won't be able to see it unless you go on a boat, which is an interesting thought. It's about the ocean, perhaps. But the Ningaloo eclipse, because it's on the reef, there's a reef there called Ningaloo, Ningaloo uh, Reef. It's a historic uh, World Heritage. And so very few people will see it, although they will see what's not total over, you know, the, off to the sides over a big area there. Well, and just, yes, because I don't know that we've set the date for folks so that folks know when this is happening. Right? So, yeah, the slide here saying, you know, this particular upcoming one, depending on where you are in the world, right, April 19th or 20th, um, and and it's interesting that this 29th degree, I did a little bit of my Virgo moon likes to do deep dives into the history of stuff and that there appears to be I'm, someone I'm sure has done this math and I just stumbled on it, but that there's patterns with the degrees of eclipses. Um, and so there's three or four eclipses that are all at 29 degrees and then they the last time, so we're, we had one in 2004, there'll be another one in 2034. But prior to that, 
there hadn't been a Aries eclipse at 29 degrees since 1651. Ooh, um, right and about... then there were three in a row. Um, oh, and oh. so there seems to, there's a pattern with this, but the, cause that 29th degree just seems so significant, right? As astrologers, we often talk about that being this anoretic degree, this degree that has some instability. It's almost like eclipse energy in and of itself. And then it's an eclipse. Um, and so that seemed really significant to me and that to be looking at, um, because in 20, in 2004, it was the other pair of eclipses that year, but that was the tsunami in Thailand was one of the things that happened in the ocean, like the, the six yeah. months later, right. Or the December that of that year, which was in that eclipse cycle be interesting um, to see so where it was similar area and i do remember people talking about how there had been an eclipse that went the shadow was right over where that tsunami was in in asia and so it's not too far away this time not to scare people so there'd be a repeat of that but there is um you know with it being in the ocean there may be eclipses can bring seismic activity and it, where this shadow is going to be is pretty is along fault lines. Yeah, I you know I it's interesting, you know sometimes for those who don't know astrology is in depth like we do, we're talking degrees and math and space has been. But well, Laura's talking about like twenty nine degrees. It's kind of the last degree in astrology. The way it works is it doesn't go one to one to thirty. It goes zero to twenty nine. Okay, so. Uh, if you have anything and you do know anything about your chart, let's say someone listening here and you have something around these degrees, let's say it's 27, 20, 29 degrees Aries or Libra or Capricorn or Cancer, th this particular eclipse is going to affect you. You're really going to feel it. In, in, in a sense, eclipses kind of bring in huge influxes of energy. And also at times it's like a sucking out of energy too. So if you picture things, as if you were on the beach and and the waves were coming in and that that force of the waves coming in is kind of energy coming in and then if you also picture when when the tide pulls out when the when the waves go back that's sucking out of energy this this is the type of dynamic that happens in, from the astrological point of view with eclipses so um to go back to what Laura said about 2004 we're dealing about 18 and a half years ago and that's how the cycles move with with eclipses they 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 move in that form too uh but on a more simple level um um we want to pay attention to this one in particular because i think here it's the 19th and the 20th right and it's it officially called it's a new moon right solar eclipse but something interesting has happened within 30 days because 30 days before the 20th in March, it was right at the equinox, the spring equinox. There was a new moon in Aries at zero degrees. And it's kind of rare that you will have two new moons in a sign within a month. But you basically have a beginning of a story that happened at the equinox at zero degrees Aries new moon. And then here we are at the 19th and 20th with 29. So as for longer cycles that have been mentioned, how we set this eclipse cycle, how long it goes from hundreds of years to 18 and a half years, you can actually get a glimpse of the cycle itself within the last 30 days of your life. Mm -hmm. So um, just want to point that out here. So Excellent. If yeah. It is like from STEM to Stern, I really talk about endings and beginnings. And as you were speaking, I re realized 
that degree-wise, because it is right on that cusp between the two signs, the very last degree, 30 signs, 12 signs, 360 degrees in a circle. Thank you for bringing all that up. That it's very close to what we would call the fixed signs, which happen to be the next set. And because the cardinal is what this is, is an action-oriented, if any degree, I mean, if it, whether... It, if, in a cardinal sign, in other words, the Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn. But I happen to have a my Jupiter at the very beginning of Aquarius, and of course, Pluto's on it. And this eclipse is really very close within a degree of it, isn't it? Because it's right at the beginning of, I mean, the next degree would be in Taurus. So all those fixed people too, bringing up the fact that if people have early degrees in the fixed signs, Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, or Leo, they might also have some, of course, more impact. Laura, I wanted to bring up, when you said 1651, we will see in the next half, if however far we get into our lunar eclipse coming up two weeks after this, that started right about 1651. So it was like, gee, I was, I don't know what, Sometimes you see the facts and you don't know how to put it all together, but it's just like the tsunami. And then, Nicholas, you brought up that beautiful fact about the demonstration of what a tsunami is, just symbolically to understand it does suck, it withdraws, sucks away, and then it comes in. Yeah, you know, yeah. sometimes it can seem like a tsunami, by the way, but I, again, I don't want to freak everybody out. No. I, I want True. it to be tangible and, and usable for people. I think it's very important because so let's let's just think we're at the chill beach with the waves still coming in. They get sucked out. That's you know? true. It's the undertow, okay, it gets intense I, that way. But but you know sometimes it is a tsunami like. But that, but yeah, let's remember though what we're talking about in the end, and not in the end here, but this eclipse is a new moon, and it's it's another new moon in Aries. And you got a great slide here for the people viewing here about Aries. And the planet that rules Aries, Mars. So. Yes. Yeah. And so coming to this fact, it is ruled by Mars. And if we looked further, Mars, because it's in the emotional uh, memory-oriented past so nurturing sign, nurturing, Cancer is very nurturing, of Cancer, and that relates to the moon. So there's a that energy in itself for me is very much of cutting, you know, Mars because it departs. I mean, Aries because it departs from the womb, the natural sense that it takes an, a cause or a purpose that, that we want to experience and become fervently enough to separate to become it's not a negative thing it's just an instinctive growth process like a seed leaving the soil coming up and blossoming into its leaves so well that can be part of right mm -hmm. like doing anybody who does work with the new moon right and we do as you pointed out nicholas this opportunity to sort of because new moons are fabulous times to set intention right and so and then with whatever the archetype is that the moon is in this time at for that particular period of time. And so this year we get this unusual opportunity of setting Aries intentions um, in terms of an Aries being that proactive energy. What are you wanting to go after? What are you wanting to accomplish 
in your life? And, um, or where do you need to be more assertive or where are you overly aggressive and you want to have a better balance and bring in that Libran balanced energy in. And so using this eclipse, because eclipse, solar eclipses are like uh, super powerful new moons, right? And, and we get that sort of double fold because we get this two Aries new moons in a calendar year. Um, and so what are you, you know, folks using this period of setting intention of what you want to go after in your life? What have you backburnered and said, oh, I'll do it next week, next month, next year, and being more proactive and even asking for support with that can be part of that proactivity so that you can accomplish what you want or go after what you are wanting to manifest in your life, which is that Taurian energy that the sun will be in within what I mean, it's like a half an hour later or something. The sun gets into Taurus. Yeah, it's, it's very, that's true. And, but let's, let's look at this chart. I know Nick, you both have ideas about it because it is true that, and I've heard the other side, I must say about eclipses. It's not necessarily a time to bring in manifestation. It's so in, organic. It just happens and we experience it. So, but I, I appreciate what you're saying. And next week we have a panel that does archetypal symbols that really focuses on new moons always. And of course it parallels exactly what you're saying, Laura. I agree. Generally that is the energy, but what, is this energy here that this and this is a world chart because it's in Greenwich as far as the timing goes and it happens to be right at the Aries point and this is astrology talk but if Aries because there are these 12 developmental signs that where it separates it's called the beginning point and it's at two degrees it's amazing it is a real start I think you know to get back to basics here with new moon and initiatory energy, especially in, in a sign of Aries, is how one puts their will into the world or how we plant the initial seed for a bigger, longer cycle. Now, then we add the filter that there's this is an eclipse. And I think a lot of times with eclipses, there's an overlap between the old and the new, something ending and letting go in the new. And it happens at the same time. And I think it's very prevalent in this chart. If we think about Mars, where Mars is in the chart, the ruler of the of the eclipse of the new moon, and it being a Cancer mentioned earlier, I think one thing that's important to remember here is about what feels good, or just feeling in general, because we want to uh, to take the initiative, we want to walk through the future door. I think that's where uh, it's happening a lot in the world. There's a shift going on. There's like a like a one story ending and, and a new one beginning, and we're leaving one door and going through the next, but. As we walk into the next the future door, I, there's the Aries energy just wants to do impulse and instinct and go and get and do. But because Mars being in the water sign of cancer, I think there's something here about protection and security at the same time. It's like we want to feel safe, actually, too, before we even take the jump or while we're going through the front door, that front door in front of us. It has to not just be in our heads as a, as a mental construct, but it's something that that comes from a more deeper, intuitive feeling place to know where we stand in that place as we walk and take the next steps through that future door. And I think that's a major 
symbol of this of this eclipse and new moon is like so anybody's thinking here like i want to move forward i got a story in my life that i need to move forward I, i've been waiting to do this actually and it's happening but if you want to have an even clear feeling of it a clear a stance get into your feeling center right get into that maybe even get out of your head and get into your body and how it feels and let that guide you Laura, continue. I, I'm. I, I think you too. Yeah, I, I'm total support. Thank you. That is so perfect uh, for me. I yeah. I think that that's a really great point to bring in that like, because Aries' shadow right is to rush. It's that going too quickly, not assessing the environment before we take action. And so that the gift in some ways of that that Mars being in Cancer is to feel out the environment before you take action right yeah, and, and there is a piece about this that is future right because this is an eclipse on the north node so that's always sort of future looking as opposed to if that was flipped and it was a south node it might be more internal but yeah absolutely that emotional equilibrium Right. Yeah, some and, of us might be we're doing this, going through initiatory moment and pushing through, and it seems aggressive on the outside. But I definitely think this is a hard on your sleeve moment. You know, like I, I, I think people are gonna they're gonna catch the emotional place that one is in and how they're moving through. It's not a secret anymore. You know, it's like this is what I gotta do and whatever. And people don't just hear the words; they feel it too. So, and that it might be indirect action could be part of this where like with that Mars and cancer with cancer being a very indirect oh, yeah. sign, right. And crabs walk sideways. So cancer tends to be Mars and cancer can be indirect and circumvent things. Cause that's yeah. the safer entry point as opposed to coming at something head on. Um, and so there, that may be the best way forward, mm -hmm. right. The best way through is through coming at things in a less direct or because that could be perceived as aggressive, right? And so by coming at something in an angle, then in people or events that you're trying to take action on may be more receptive when, when you come at something sideways. Mm -hmm. um, and that might be part of this energy that comes in as well. I, I feel, that's good. And I'm looking at this particular chart for, and for those audio people that are, it's very personal because it's all in that first area of ourself and meaning that our opinions and our ideas and a time to, I, I think the energies are going to try to work on how can I transmute? What's the alchemy of the past and the present that we've been talking about that has been a repetitive long and will continue to be a long theme in different incremental plateaus because I mean, if we talk astrology-wise, there's a lot of backbone input here that's different. You know, our, our structures are now looking more on a unification basis. Our transformation is looking more for a networking uh, function. So it's, it's how do I fit into all that? Well, and who am I, right? I mean, that's Aries' key phrase, I am. So how is how are we self-identifying? How do we define, you know, whether, you know, there can be such a difference in different parts of the world, how people present when they meet somebody new. And in the States, it's almost always like a t in association with their job. That's how they introduce, oh, 
I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm an astrologer. That's your like how people introduce who they are is their vocation. Yes, right, um, very but true. But it's not true in other parts of the world. That isn't how people initial pre initially present themselves in other parts of the world. Yeah. It might be parent, child, you know, or any other, you know, something that is more personal to them, that it's very Western American way of, of self-identification. Yeah. And so that might be part of this too, because that eclipse can be, can they, it eclipses things and it reveals things, right? Uh -huh. So getting what could be revealed about true self, about true identity. Ooh, I like well. this. Well, we work with tandems in this particular uh, subject and it's time for a little getaway and we'll come right back because we'll return with our lunar chart and this is planet buzz i'm with nicholas polonakos and polonakos i can say it it's beautiful and dr laura tad so thank you we'll be right back with planet buzz take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We're currently in the period of Aries. By leaving a cycle based upon completion, the energy of Aries sparks initiation, creating action to separate into a new cycle of life. It's a fire sign, which means it will involve great emotion. And because separation may create resistance, it also takes great courage to break away to new ways of becoming. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga, we cover the world of animals. This week, it's best bioenergetic synchronization technique, Rasmussen Reset, Neuroenergetic Balancing, and Energy Code Sunday on Animal World. Dr. Nels Rasmussen and Sister Linda Rasmussen will join us in the studio to help you or your animal friends with emotional, behavioral, or physical issues. Hope you can join us and plan to call in Martha Norwalk's Animal World Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. This is Sue Minahan, host and founder of Talk Cosmos. It's time to share news about the KKNW Listener Survey. Take this opportunity to let the station management know about your favorite shows, your likes and dislikes, and what you want to hear on the station. Help shape KKNW's future by letting your voice be heard. Simply go to www.1150kknw.com. Click the 2023 Listener Survey image up near the top of the page. Entries begin Monday, March 27, all through Sunday, April 23rd, when a happy winner's announced. Because there's a bonus, too. Filling out the survey gives you a chance winning a round-trip passage for two on the Victoria Clipper to Victoria, B.C., Canada, plus a $100 gift certificate to Famous Dave's Restaurant. Find all the complete contest rules at 1150kknw.com. So log online for all the details. Great prizes just might be yours. Do get your voice heard by filling out the listener survey at 1150kknw.com and help improve the KKNW station by sharing your thoughts now. Good luck and a big thank you for all your past listenership from Sue Minahan at Talk Cosmos. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. 
The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. Hi. You know, I was just looking at that graphic and I realized, oh, details, details. I forgot to change standard to daylight and GMT, which is the Greenwich mean to either um, British standard time, which is their summer. any rate, hello again. And we are with Nicholas. Yes, what are you what events and Dr. Tad Laura, what event Nicholas do you have coming up that you would like to share with the listeners? Um a lot of my life and event wise is happening online. YouTube is my place. Uh, I just posted 12 rising sign videos. I got two videos coming out this week. Besides my podcast Sparkles of Gold Astrology Manifesto, I also have an interview coming out I think it just came out today with another astrologer. Part of my podcast is I interview other astrologers too, ask them three questions. I'm going to be on a couple of different shows later in the month, one with Stormy Grace and a couple other things coming down the line. So um, you can find out everything about my world and what I do at sparklesofgold.com and on Instagram and definitely YouTube. Yes. Oh boy. I'll be looking forward. That's very exciting with... um, Stormy, Dr. Stormy. Yeah, Stormy's great. Mm-hmm. Laura, Dr. Tad, what do you have coming up or would like to mention? So nothing super immediate, um, but, you know, so I, as some of you who listened last month, um, I was helping to run a retreat in Nicaragua um, end of February, beginning of March. And so I'm in the works of planning a couple of other retreats with the longtime friend that I helped run the retreat down in Nica. Um, so something for next year in Nicaragua and um, also in Ireland for next summer. So when I have Ooh. more information on that, I'll pass it along. But that's are early stages of getting that lined up. Super. For Talk Cosmos, we have next month Astro Jam, which is four times a year, which is a time when we don't, the, the guests don't know what the charts are and you can it's like astro drama and it's a theatrical exploratory fun time so there's always our panels and this month is going to be about the eclipses and we have that new panel which is vibrational good vibrations which is on vibrational astrology just happened with the equinox solstice so with that let's continue with our slides thank you so much and we have The lunar slide, which, okay, and I did bring up, oh, and I forgot to bring up, here's, for those people, you can find the websites of all of us. So the lunar eclipse, which I'm threading with that idea of feeling, 
because lunar is moon. Lunar is the full moon when it's close to this pathway with the nodes. And in Africa, Asia, and Australia, it started in 1280. No, it's good. I, I, I'm Get focused, Sue. 1608, but it's only it's going to be the average of 72. Anyway, those are the facts. It's May 5th all day long. So begin in Greenwich at in 30 approximately, 5:33 and 52 seconds. And in the East Coast, 133 and 51 seconds. The seconds seem to change depending on where you're at. And on the West Coast, it'll be 10.33 in the morning in 52 seconds. So what appeared to me and world chart, which is at Greenwich, but where the in the lunar chart, the eclipse, depending on where the planets are near the angles makes an energetic significance, it seems. Be and, I, and you're both so wait. Oh, because Jupiter, our planet of expansion, this is for the globe, is near the other part of, of the astrology. I'm trying to say this generally speaking. So other people's opinions, other cultures, and it could be higher education going into those areas. There's going to be a lot of thought and a lot of changes. And that's, we need to synthesize that emotionally with ourself. So please continue. I, 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 people listening, you happen to be Taurus or Scorpio. Taurus rising, Scorpio rising. You've got planets in those places. This, this is another chapter in a long story. It seems long now that started at the end of 2021 when the eclipses started to happen in the signs of Taurus and Scorpio. Taurus, remember, Earth sign is ruled by Venus. Scorpio, water sign, ruled by Mars. It's been a Venus-Mars story. What happens between Venus and Mars? They're either getting it on or they're arguing with each other. It's a relational thing. Now here in, in this particular uh, May 5th lunation and eclipse, I personally think it's connected to the last pair of eclipses that happened in November of 2022. So if you're looking for another chapter in the story, like I mentioned, Taurus, Scorpio people, this is huge for you. I actually think this is a volatile, a volatile lunation, even more than the one we talked about because of a continuing story. But, you know, it, it, we look, we want to look at where Venus and Mars are on the chart. And I see Venus in Gemini, <laughs> socializing and carousing in Gemini, but directly connected to Jupiter and Aries here. And, and so there's a lot of spark energy, I think, here. There's, there's a lot of movement going on here, but, but I think it could be taken as aggressive. Um, and in the end... If we're thinking about the scorpionic part of this, which is ruled by Mars, and Mars is still in cancer at this point, 
I think past the spark, heady conversation and relating, I think it gets really deep emotionally. And when Scorpio vibes are in a deep place, there's no messing around there. There's none. There, there, there is either a severing or there's the next step towards intimate bonding <laughs> as, as Scorpio likes to do. Whatever the case is, it's definitely a relational thing. So I don't know what you think about that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think, too, the fact that it's happening relatively close to Uranus mm -hmm. also has a change on a dime, right? Uranus is quick, unexpected change. And so there's this relational piece that all of a sudden it changes. All of a the sudden there's depth or all of a the sudden there's an ending potentially, right? Like there's this deep dive or nope, done and can be a severing of like, oh, fate complete of if you've been waffling, right? In that relation, in relating. And so it's sort of like a, a hard and fast decision made um, that ultimately is probably welcomed, but can be dis like Uranus does disorienting or disjointing in the initial phase of it. Yes, Mercury, I might add here is because it's in Gemini now, I believe, but it's going to be in Taurus and it's going to be during a retrograde process, which is natural not to, again, cause any alarm. We need to review our thoughts. But here in Taurus, it really amplifies what we're um, which is the opposite because this is a Scorpio lunar. And I did not mention that, but you, Nicholas, brought that out, but we didn't define it necessarily. So in other words, what I'm getting at is in Taurus, it's maybe more nonverbal. So maybe accessing art, music helps us focus, helps us become conscious of what we're feeling. Yeah, I think that's important what you said here, because when we get down to life situations that we're in, things that get complex and relating, all that, I think people get emotional in spaces and it's you don't really think super deep. It might come from a deep place, but it's reactionary, it's habitual. So if one were to look for the balance in an intense lunation and eclipse like this, moving through one's senses and letting the senses guide you is a great, great way of remediating and dealing not just with yourself to know where you stand and eventually when the words do come out you, you're using your sensory uh, gifts to uh, 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 come up with the words then and the expression it doesn't even have to be words it's just how you express and communicate it is huge i think and and and, and kind of touches in on a more organic way of being and I think it's important here because of this long story that's been happening in the Taurus Scorpio realms and how they're relating and, and so on and so forth that, uh, that there is a, there, I'm, listen, I'll be straight up in the end. Be, we want to get to the place always where we really want to go or where we stand in. And that's love, you know, a deeper love, divinatory mm -hmm. love. And, you know, sometimes when things are heavy and we're hurt and all that, we have to express ourselves. It's just how we do it, you know? And, and um, so I know I'm th I'm I'm thinking I started saying it was an intense eclipse and it is, but I'm gonna end with what I'm saying. And Laura, I'm curious to see what you say. You know, remember to come from a place of of love. You know, so. Well, and I I do and and that idea of like that nonverbal communication, right? Even thinking about the signs in terms of 
human development, right? And Taurus being earlier is pre-language. It's the sign before Gemini, which mm -hmm. governs communication in so many ways, right? So it's this non-verbal, pre-verbal way of communicating that's more physical, that's more emotion, maybe more emotive because the words aren't getting in the way of expression, right? We're not going into our intellect instead of feeling what we want to communicate. And, and, so, that and that this eclipse happens within less than a degree of where Mercury goes retrograde. Mm -hmm. So I do think Mercury goes retrograde at 15 and change. I forget the minutes. Um, and so this eclipse does, there is this piece about what have, what haven't you communicated that you need to, and given the opportunity, looking at it, this opportunity to go back and say, or express passionately with this scorpionic energy, what you maybe were afraid to, mm -hmm. right? That felt like you weren't sure how it would be received. And so you were being a shy Mars and Cancer who's going sideways and not actually asking for what you want. Um, and so that this could be an opportunity to really communicate your needs and desires. Um, it has that potential if you're willing to be vulnerable, right? And that's scary for sure. That's why we don't always ask for what we want because we don't want to be rejected, right? But this has that potential to that thinning of the veil that eclipses offer us is sort of is an opportunity to to risk in a way that maybe we didn't feel we had the courage to before. I think the processing of cancer, because we're talking about the Mars that was ruling or will be ruling, because we're talking ahead as if it's happening, of course, with the solar eclipse in Aries. And then again, co-rules, of course, this moon in Scorpio. So it's a dominant factor and and bringing up this fact of the venus mars relationship this long story which is so apparent and i've noticed and hadn't just linked up all further you know my story is linking up right <laughs> i think all of our stories are because love is that whole function of of inclusivity and the charts i am hoping despite well, not in spite, that's maybe a negative, but really because of enhancing this direction is going to reach out to find the support, the nurturing support, because that's also part of cancer and so much other parts of, of, of the Venus-oriented, you know, Taurian signs and that too that we need, because it is a long story. Yeah, I... I... I, I'm going to be real with the audience here. You know, I, I just, we just talking about senses and moving through and processing and communicating right now. We're doing this video on uh Sunday, April 2nd, uh, April 3rd, Mercury is going to enter in the sign of Taurus. So from all of April, pay attention to the Taurus part of your chart and what is communicated because later in May, when we get to this spot and things that Laura said about what needs to communicate, it's going to come back up on the table and, and to review. But here's the, the shadowy side of this, you know, because I got to be real. That Scorpio moon here is ruled by Mars and Cancer. And when things are unbalanced, Scorpio moon can get obsessive, vindictive, intense. And when ruled 
by that Mars and Cancer, it's like it's like this. It's like, welcome to my pain cave. And I don't, I want you to feel what I'm feeling. And I want you to sit here in my pain cave with me, but you're not going to leave. And we're actually not going to go through the process of finishing the emotional content. We're just going to sit here. It could be that type of intense where mm. the interactions are just like, you feel what I'm feeling. And it's like, yeah, sure. Okay. I feel like, no, 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 you don't know how I feel. <laughs> it just, it just doesn't yeah. move, you know? And so that's something one has to be careful for in this eclipse. And uh, I suggest yeah. that space and time if possible to mm. heavy emotional situations and possibly dealing with the ending or whatever growth of things that it can get intense that way with the Scorpio moon ruled by the Mars and cancer. And, and we want to allow expression, but at the same time, sometimes we have to take space out of that quote unquote pain cave that I was talking about <laughs> that, that we just like, okay, I heard that I got to go process this now in my own little like calm place then come back to the negotiating table so yeah yeah i mean i can see that being that mars in cancer has a scorpionic quality to it right the pincher of the crab mm -hmm. that can be that bitingness that scorpio has and so you get that amplified and i think one of the the homeopathic remedies to that right is that it's both water so engaging with mm -hmm. the element of water whether mm -hmm. that's swimming showers taking a bath, drinking more water, all of engaging with that as an element can help to mitigate the less balanced expression of, of that energy. It's like it literally washing off the repressed emotional stuff that you haven't said. And so there's the rage that can come out of it or the grief or the anger or whatever is this, the, this, like bubbling up emotion that's gone unexpressed that can then boil over, right? That engaging with the element of water can really help to calm that intensity so that you can express how you feel without blowing people away. Yeah, well, even um, if you do, because we're not perfect, it's very true. We have the ideal, but sometimes on a personal level or whatever, there's outbreaks and depending, when I'm thinking, but not to, just to be frank about agreeing with the whole picture. And what I'm spelling out in my brain is this idea, because look, looking at the next charts here, the United States is big and we have three in the continent zones. Zone, meaning in this chart, where it happens to be in your time zone, the energies are going to be filtering into different areas. And that's going to be, as far as a communication on a whole scale, more challenging, or at least to recognize, just to be conscious of. Because what I'm thinking is, listening to you both, welcoming, just, just welcoming, it's better to receive and be ready to be prepared, however it works, that it's a new chapter. It's really a new chapter that because I'm feeling if it senses its nature and nature, however it speaks has its own language. This morning we had a little earthquake. I was resting just for a moment and I will, anyway, it was another earthquake. <laughs> Lots of earthquakes, but nature like music and art has a language and we're still coming. This is what I'm trying to say. 
we're still coming out of this very fundamentally material, physical, physicality, which of course has value. Things, we, it's necessary, but yet any imbalance shakes is 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 has true shadow parts and so what i'm getting at is is that all of this emphasis that's going towards the feeling that's associated with the visceral and the and the natural the instinctive the organic and the nature is a new language but it's a new chapter so that's my thought i might have to yeah, yeah. Well, Oh, go, go ahead, go ahead Nick. Oh, I just, oh, I just so for people individually, right? If you know your charts, looking at mid fixed signs, right, is where this has fallen. So people who know at parts of their chart, anything sort of yeah, mid exactly Scorpio, Taurus, Leo, Aquarius, right? That this will feel more palpable to you because of how it'll play out in your own chart. Regardless yeah. of where you are in the planet, they've been used to it. Our fixed signs, <laughs> fixed rising. <laughs> they've been playing this game with Saturn and Uranus and eclipses. They've had enough. I I, I feel for you, uh, fixed people, fixed rising signs, planets, and fixed areas. Uh, just know that you 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 got to do this. And there's one more eclipse that's going to happen in the fall that's connected to the Scorpio Taurus realm, and then you're mm. done with eclipses for a while, at least in that case so just think about the story that's been going on and how much you have grown and apply the wisdom that you have gained through this eclipse story and apply it on this eclipse too it doesn't have to be all messed up that's very true and in my mind suddenly i realized that there's other backbone i call them backbone energies but we're talking about eclipses so i'll stay centered and we'll continue about this eclipse it's enough to have the lights go out in the back Ground here, I am showing for those people with the podcast different charts for each of the time zones, but we're not going to talk about all of them. We have about oh, a few minutes left here. So this one ending is on the Pacific Northwest. And mm, yeah, there's transformations everywhere. I'm going to we'll just have conversation here, and I'm going to have this particular screen that shows our contact informations for Nicholas Polamanakos and Laura Tad, Dr. Tad, and their sparkles of gold for Nicholas and Mythic Sky for Laura. And, and then I'll leave this up, which has other playlists for those that want. Actually, let's put them down. There are playlists. Let's talk in general. We have a few minutes and the music will begin to get us into a new frame and we can finish it up there. So, so what's much has happened astrologically within the last month and a half. And I think there's a, a, a major story from the last couple of years ending, coming out of COVID, coming out of different places. People are walking into a new thing in the world. I just want to let people know that I see that in you. I, I, I can hear you psychically, that you want to change and that you as a human being have that ultimate power of choice and to stand in your power and a place of love to move forward. You can do this. Yes. Uh -oh. oh, well, love does carry it through. It has no other choice but to see the unity and identify and honor the integrity 
and together we hold hands and feed each other and support. It's messy, but and it's not instant. It's not linear, but there is a passage. I thank you. I thank Laura, Dr. Tad, and Nicholas Polonakos. Thank you very much. Just onward, the eclipses. Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway. 